Hey everybody, it's Nobody Likes Casey McClain, and this is the last of our Austin Chronicles episode. This episode features John Carden, who's a comic who started in the Pacific Northwest right around the time I did, and who has had a lot of success. There's a couple guys in my local scene, and who started in my local scene and moved away, who are like measuring sticks for my success, and John Carden is absolutely one of those. Right after he lived here, which I, I will find out on this podcast, uh, he lived in Arizona and now lives in Austin, Texas, but he was like a guy that was pretty much the same as me. Like when he moved away, we both sucked and he's gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better. And I, uh, I did a thing that I like to do, which is that when I have had in the past, like unspoken unwarranted resentment towards someone for nothing they did. John Carden did nothing to me. I like to voice it. It's uh, it's kind of awkward. It's kind of funny. And I did that. Uh, John Carden can be found on, I think most or all social media at going to the John, John with no H. Um, also on this episode is Greg Beachler. And please, I have my stand-up dates that are like ever evolving. Uh, Greg and I are going to be in Cascade, Idaho, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I my I was going to go to Appleton. It seems like that might fall through. I was going to be, I thought, in Tacoma Fourth of July weekend. It turns out I will be in Spokane, Washington, and where else? I will be. Um, God, I'm all over the place. Louisville. Uh, I'm just so I'm just so goddamn booked, everybody. Westport, Washington. I've never performed comedy there. I love that city. Beautiful little beach town. Make the trip. I mean, if you live in Westport and you don't come see me and you listen to this podcast and you don't come see me do comedy, you can fuck yourself. Nothing is going on in Westport. Oh, one last thing. We had a uh, a small issue. I fucked up and uh, didn't start the audio recording at the beginning of this. So the beginning of this podcast is going to be the sound from the camera and then the sound gets better. I fix it, but just, uh, just know that going in, don't get mad. Uh, don't turn the podcast off. It's going to get, it gets better. Okay. Follow me at DKC McLean, John Carden at John Carden, Greg Beachler at Greg Beachler. Sorry. John Carden at going to the John and, uh, at, and Greg Beachler at Greg Beachler. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Check out the Substack. New uh, bonus podcast episodes every week. You can uh, you can join. You can subscribe for free. You'll keep getting bonus content for a while. And eventually I'm going to start charging you motherfuckers. So uh, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you later. Here you can pick. Cool. We're judging very harshly on what one you pick. I'm picking the rolly. All right. Oh, man. Same one as Adam. Uh, we had Adam Lucky in here yesterday Fuck. In the really? podcast studio I know Man, I, I, feel, I feel cheap now I know, we should have wiped the chair down at we least <laughs> There might be if Did there's a Did you make him brush his teeth before he talked into it? Would that do anything better? <laughs> uh, uh, I think there might be a beer in there if you want it He Actually, Adam brought some beer So that's it, Only the best here at the fucking Red that's Roof That's right, there's the one beer one there beer. We got some whiskey up there Yeah, We have some Buffalo Trace if you want Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah all right. You have to use a plastic cup in the that are wrapped up by the sink, though. We don't yeah, have glasses right. here. That's right. 
Again, the classiest. We're leaving the air conditioner on, John. We're leaving the air conditioner. Yesterday, I Adam and I it. left with my fucking tits pouring sweat. His, uh, it was rough. So I was fine, man. I don't know why that is. Yeah, Greg. So are you familiar with this? Uh, the Adam pretended he wasn't because he doesn't. He's already racist enough. But uh, there's Absolutely. a there's a uh, stereotype that uh, black dudes like the temperature a little warmer in their house. Are you aware of this? It's literally a whole curb episode. So if people are pretending like they're not. I mean, it's uh, I, it's a poor thing where I'm from. I'm from like the poor South. You know yeah, what I mean? See, it's not really a race thing. What he's saying is I don't turn my heat on for anything. But in the summertime, I also don't turn on like AC or some shit. I'll just like open the windows. Also, it depends on what it cool If you're doing that in Alabama, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, guys. that's pretty hot. Yeah, I'm you know in Seattle I mean? though. Yeah, you're up in the Pacific Northwest. You never have. We're to in use... Austin, Texas, dude. This is where we're at right now. Is Austin, Texas, and he's pretending like it's not fucking hot here. Listen, we, we, listen we've started. I this, just deal with it. We better, started this trip out as friends, and we're ending as fucking enemies, dude. It's over. The whole dynamic <laughs> oh yeah. Is over. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a lot of new beef started on the on the drunk on the Phoenix board for six years. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. So, how long you started? What time, John Carden from uh, I? Well, from who fucking knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's from everywhere. <laughs> it's so it sucks, right? Because I've lived so many different fucking places, but I still have this accent. Yeah. So like, I have to qualify that I've been cultured. Yes. You know what I mean? I have to be like, oh, I lived in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've had teriyaki. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I didn't know how teriyaki, like how much teriyaki was just a Northwest thing. Yeah, dude, it's so much of a Northwest. It's yeah. everywhere up there. Like yeah. even like Bremerton, Paulsbo, Silverdale, they have like forty teriyaki shops in those right. three towns. And then you go to like other places and you ask like, "Where's the teriyaki restaurant?" They're like, "We don't even know what that type." No of food idea. Is. They're like, "We have a teriyaki dish. Yeah, it's made out of sauce. You- we got it fucking H E B." But <laughs> you know, <A-G-B. laughs> what? So what? Uh, where are you like? When you were a kid, where were you from? I was born in Danville, Virginia. Um, And my mom, she uh, divorced my dad when I was like one. And uh, we moved out like towards the country, lived in Chatham, Virginia, like all that area. Then she got remarried when I was nine to her third husband. Mm -hmm. And that's when we moved to Carolina. God damn, you have Greg's exact life? You just have the white version of Greg's life? You got got a bunch of stepdads too? I do actually. We just talked about that. That's, That's hilarious. How many? Okay, I got you beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four. Four. She's, she's been married five times. Wow. Yeah. She's good now. Though. Every dude she has been married to was married multiple times. You sure. know what I mean? There's a whole they're playing like a fucking Hollywood Squares game. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. like a batting average. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you're batting two hundred too? Fuck. Well, it's just all utility players. That yeah, are they're just in the minors. Yeah, they're all not in <laughs> the majors. They're not. It's like, nah, he was shitty, but his stance matched my stance, and now we're living happily ever after, dude. Is that what he's trying to do? Pretty much. Yeah, like, he might be shitty, but his own base percentage is fucking incredible. His own base percentage of this metaphor represented by like some fucking trashy, like, how much dick size we're talking? It's yeah. all my mom was a size queen, and I shouldn't know that. Is your uh, is your mom still alive? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Does she remain a size queen? I assume. I, okay. We don't talk much. Gotcha. Uh, my brother has a relationship with her, but I see because his dick's big enough to have a relationship with her. My, that, that's a whole thing. <laughs> that's a whole thing, man. My mom, I was talking to my therapist about this the other day. Okay. okay. My mom used to I tell us about the therapy. That accent is not going to therapy. I'm You're telling right. you, I, right. I got to prove to people. Like, I've been to the Pacific Northwest. You got to overcome a lot of things. <laughs> 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 Anyway, but she used to tell the story about me and my brother were in the tub as a kid. 
I think I was like five and he was like two. And I, I looked at my mom, I was like, why is this dick bigger than mine? Whoa. I was five. And it was a legit question. My brother was hung like a moose. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we didn't wow. have the same dad. Also, here's what's unfair. We didn't have the same dad? My dad, my dad was six foot nine, 300 pounds. His dad was six foot tall, 160 pounds. And he came out with the bigger dick. Mm. How is, what in the your genetics? Mom, your mom missed some calculations along the way. No, here's what it was. Okay, I talk about it on stage, but I, I'm the coke baby. My brother, she didn't do coke when she was pregnant. You came Josh. out with coke dick. Oh, I came out with coke dick. You came out with coke dick? Is that in your It coke, coke dick me for life, no. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, don't talk about my dick in the coke yeah. dick. I just talk about being a coke baby. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Uh, Hey, so, you, I met you in the Northwest, but you were only there briefly, right? Like, when did you yeah, move away from the Northwest? Yeah, I was married, so that was my my second <laughs> marriage. My second marriage was, uh, we moved up to the Pacific Northwest. And, um, yeah, she just kind of got sick of it up there. Oh my god, dude, I'm, I'm fucking not recording the audio. It's fine, we'll get it on video, but I'm very annoyed. <laughs> this is uh, brilliant man. stuff here. Yeah. I'm gonna myself. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to put like a timer on so you have a no, smooth we'll cut? I'll sync it later. I'm good, good. I really hate myself. We got it'll all be on video, so I'll have a version of it. But I'm very annoyed. A version, man. God, I'm okay. Man. You want to start the fuck over? No, we, no, we got, we got. We moved to the. Pacific. I got an hour, Bubble. I know, <laughs> I know. We, I, we have, uh, we have fucking. It's all right. We got it on the video. Uh, yeah, but what what were you at? Your your wife. So yeah, second she got wife sick doesn't of, like it. She got sick of it. I started comedy up there too. Mm-hmm. And that was also a big, big thing for her. She hated that. Uh, you know, I was married to a control freak. and right. But I kept seeking that same type of behavior that I grew up with. My mom was like that. She was like this totalitarian, very codependent, uh, but very vulnerable type person where she always needed you. But then when she had something to fill that gap, she didn't need you. Gotcha. And so for my ex-wife, that was her mom. Her mom was that, was that gap for us where, you know, she didn't need me at times because she had her mom. So that, that neglect felt comfortable for me. Right. That, that I felt comfort in the chaos. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I, I repeated that cycle, and I stayed in that relationship way too long because I prided myself in tolerance. You know what I mean? I'm like, look how good of a man I am for putting up with this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? I feel like it's the fact that you're staring at self congrat. It is. Look saying that you pride yourself in tolerance is a rough moment. On this it was a rough test. moment, but <laughs> I got past the racial thing. I pride myself in tolerance, tolerance Greg. Greg. Yeah, but like, <laughs> no, what tolerance? Guy, we met a guy yesterday yeah. that said he was a white black supremacist. Uh, he didn't say white black. He, he just said he's a white, black supremacist. He, he didn't. By the end of the night, white. I was telling him he was a black guy. Yeah, and I got that man because I I married a. A lady with borderline personality disorder, okay. and I used to like just stick around through like a Did bunch of shit. Did your mom have borderline personality? No, dude, but she she like just jumped around. Like she partied after I was born, though. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah, I don't know. She just got real weird for like ten years. So went through a lot of stuff. I don't know what that did to me, but I was more comfortable in like chaotic situations with people. Yeah. So like, even after my wife, I dated a couple people that were just complete maniacs, man. But then I went to therapy, and I was like, oh okay, now I'm in some good shit, and I like it, but. Still, still weird. Codependency is such a weird fucking thing. It's something like because you rely on this person, but you fucking hate them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like yeah. you hate the fact that you rely on them. There's all these different emotions that come with it. Getting yeah. over codependency is the hardest thing. It, it's this therapy's working, dude. I can tell. It's it might be. Yeah, wow. I've got this a gay therapist, so I am above <laughs> Whoa, dude. the status this quo. Is, so Virginia and what other cities did you live in before? So Bremerton? I lived in Virginia, North Carolina. Then my mom met her uh, third husband, Craig, at the Beach Wagon Club in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at 2.30 a.m. Goddamn. I was there. 
whole fucking story. Um, but yeah, you were there. Oh yeah, I had How to pick her you? up. I was seventeen. Oh, okay. Jesus. You so she was like, like is, she, "Is he eleven driving a car?" <laughs> no, she was like, uh, "Meet me at uh, the beach wagon at uh, two a.m." And that was a text. And this is when I had like a pay for text. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, had yeah, like yeah. a preload track phone. Like and so these texts that my mom sent me caught me seventy five cents a piece. I just you, want that to if be. If you would have been out of texts, your mom like elopes with this dude that night. Absolutely. It, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> we were on that vacation being paid for by another dude. Oh, so no. we were there with his friends. Wow. And my mom left them because she met another fucking dude. Wow. His name was Craig. He was a, a four-fingered train conductor from West Virginia. That's going to come into play later. Um, <laughs> like, like, listen, I need some foreshadowing. <laughs> Remember Craig. Remember he Craig. was there on a fucking golf trip, and he met Tammy. And just like a lot of men, gets smitten quick. Tammy's a charmer, bull. Yeah. I mean, that, that she does the best electric slide I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it is just like poetry in motion. She wow. is fluid. She does the clap and the lean back with it. Like, she she looks black. When she does the electric slide. She, she looks black. Absolutely. She's got too much rhythm. I feel like that's that's like her her memoir. She looked black. But also, <laughs> also here's the other thing. Tammy, get She smitten. was addicted to tanning beds while I was growing up. Oh, so yeah. I got asked a hundred times if my mom was Mexican and if I was part Mexican. Because, I mean, she was always dark brown. Tammy Dolezal? <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep cut. <laughs> She's a... <laughs> What's that? Dolezal actually sounds Spanish already. Actually. Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. It that, does. that could work. She, she um, was smart. Not... Rachel was smart to keep that last name. Like, it sounds ethnic enough. Yes. It also sounds French. Dolezal doesn't it's... sound like black at all, though, man. Maybe Haitian, like you said. Maybe it's just like no. There's this. She can say, oh, I'm By Haitian. the way, this new term that everyone pretends like has existed forever, Afro Latino. She could be Afro Latina. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's Dolezal works for that. I, she should have just went with Johnson. You know what I mean? <laughs> she needed a president's last name. Yeah, or Jackson yeah. or something. Yeah. Washington. Any yeah. of the dudes. Hamilton probably wouldn't work. No. But uh, why, I gotta, why are there so many black last names of ex-presidents? Oh, I, just, I wonder why. That, that is God, weird. I wonder why. I wonder why that is. I wonder why <laughs> that got passed down. The Jeffersons is starting to get a lot sadder now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every Jefferson you know has a yeah, sad exactly. story, potentially. Yeah. They were moving on up to the east side, but they had to move up. You yeah. know what I mean? The northeast side if they could, but sometimes oh, they man. couldn't, you know? A few of them he kept, you know, kept after. Fucking slave-owning presidents, man. Yeah, man. It's on this podcast that we tell you, Greg, that we're sorry about slavery. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, you could, dude. I got to go fund me. I got a Venmo. <laughs> yeah. Let's put real dollars behind <laughs> these words. I won't go that far, Greg. Oh, okay, <laughs> I see how it is. See the fake platitudes. So. <laughs> okay, the fake platitudes. I get that. I say that too. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm half white, but I swear to God, my, my grandparents came over from Germany, dude. Like, <laughs> early 1900s. Like he said Some you could find did. my Venmo at yeah. Greg-reparations. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Beachler's reparations. Uh, so, did, pay what you feel. Did you not come to Bremerton for military stuff? No, man. Um, I came there because you were in the military. Or is this just I, a I fake got, thing? I've yeah, I got hurt in the army. I, I did. Gotcha. I, I got hurt in training. Um, I ended up bruising my spinal cord really badly, Ooh. and it left a hard spot inside my spinal cord. Uh, it's called syringomyelia. Mm-hmm. It's really rare to be caused by trauma. Usually, it's caused by this condition called Chiari malformation which is where the brain is too big for the skull. It swells, and it pushes the cerebral tonsils. I'm going to look a little closer at that fucking head of yours. <laughs> <laughs> it pushes the cerebral tonsils into the vertebrae. Damn. So that is what usually causes syrinx inside the spinal cord. In my instance, it was called by mass trauma. 
So I was in a Humvee accident, ended up uh, bruising my spinal cord, and we found a doctor up in Washington named Dr. Ellen Bogan, Dr. Richard Ellen Bogan at University of Washington. Okay. And uh, he was like the leading expert on traumatic syringomyelia. So we moved up there, and during the time I was up there, I became asymptomatic. Uh, There was no progression whatsoever of my condition. Uh, I was pretty much good. So there was no reason to be up there next to the doctors, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And... uh, when it came to places we were talking about moving, she wanted to move back to Texas, and I was like, fuck no. Because I was here at Fort Hood, and that's where I yeah. met her, at the Starlight. Oh, the boy. Starlight in Fort Hood. Starlight. You and your mom. I'm Tammy's a, boy, bro. Yeah, like, dude, wow. I am, I am her son. And wow. I, the echoes of fucking Tammy. Th- th- there's my special. That, the, the echoes, echoes of, of Tammy is dead. pretty good. Echo, that is a good <laughs> fucking special name, dog. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've write about it so much. I write about like all the things that you know being her son has done to me. <laughs> That's done to me. <laughs> I like this man. I like it a lot though. It, it's all true. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I love. Last night I did a comedy competition over at uh, Creek and Cave, and um, the women that were judging was called your mom's favorite comedian. They did not like my set at all. I got a two. During that <laughs> set. Yeah. All you did was talk and, shit about moms. And I'm a pro comic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I do this for a living. Fuck <laughs> and I got a two. And she was just like, the, her answer was, you're an ungrateful Coke baby. And I was like, oh, so you're just mad I'm talking shit about my mom. Right. Like, let's be real about this. You know what I mean? You don't give a fuck about me being grateful for being a Coke baby. Who gave you the two? Uh, it was some um, lady. It was some Asian lady comic I'd never met before. She runs, uh, she runs an all-gay show. Gotcha. And that, that probably should have told me that I'm not, I'm not her well. cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, I am as cisgendered as they come. And you know, I was born this way. I There's nothing I can do about it. Actually, for you me. did, yeah. I measured it. I, I know like, yeah. you usually <laughs> usually give them pat downs when they come through the door. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you're gonna pat down, then you get at the airport. But yeah, well, I don't know, man. It's pretty close. They they got to tell you everything they're gonna do. They explain it to you. Now for your genitals, we're gonna have, like the back of the hands, <laughs> side to side motion. Greg has to get a medical pat down because his uh, pancreas sucks. Yeah, because my pancreas decided to stop working when I was like 13. So now. Uh, Wait, you know. started. You became type one diabetic at thirteen. Yeah, you got thirteen good years out of that pancreas. I've always assumed it was no, like no. zero, dude. No, no. Trust me, man. You I probably like, got thirteen used to... shitty years out of that pancreas. <laughs> yeah, I was sputtering along. That's funny, Dad, that you said that, man. Because uh, I used to like not like marshmallows. I didn't like marshmallows. I wouldn't eat them because of Ghostbusters. Like when I was little, I saw that, and the marshmallow man really did kind of fuck me up. I didn't like marshmallows, dude. And remember when I was twelve. Someone finally told me about s'mores and shit. They're like, you got to try it. It's delicious. I'm like, nah, I don't like marshmallows. I'm like, you're fucking dumb. So I ate it. It was delicious, dude. And then, like, that next year, like six months later, I got type 1 diabetes. So I missed all these good s'more years because of Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's why I don't like that movie, dog. Damn. Oh, man. It's, it's fucking ridiculous, dude. And sugar-free marshmallows did not sound appetizing. Nah, I mean, it, you could eat sugar, man. You just have to... It's all about taking the right amount of insulin. It's just fucking annoying. So we did this on stage the other day, yeah. the first night we were here. I've never been around a type 1 diabetic this long. I'm pretty over it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Stinks. I'm over it too, man. It's fuck. just so, so uh, shitty. But he's like truly comes to the, he, he's like, fuck, my blood sugar is super low right now. And I'm like, dude, are you going to die? Is this what your girlfriend deals with every fucking day? He's, I'm not kidding. He fucking... <laughs> Took we grabbed the sugar out of this fucking coffee thing over here, and you just mainlined the sugar like a shot, dude. Yeah, just shot him down, bro. Yeah. You need some orange juice, Bubba. It's right there, baby. Yeah, he uh, ran out. That was the problem. Yeah, I ran, ran out. out I, I was medicine. like, ran out, and I was like, oh shit. It's like, oh fuck, I don't know. Maybe walking around this heat is yeah. making my. You know, <laughs> I'm proving more myself to be very cultured during this podcast. Yeah. I just want to say, Suddenly like, very a medical, intelligent, a medical marvel. Fucking, dude. I knew that there was orange juice necessary. Yeah. Like, 
And I mean, if we're talking about type 1 diabetes, if I had to guess out of the two of you. I know. Well, no, we, we made this joke. Yeah, yeah. You'd guess me as type 1 or type 2. That's the question. Oh, that's Jesus. The thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. A... <laughs> you got I'm type 12? I've somehow fucked up other organs. Uh, <laughs> even, dude, like. We He's were like, leaving... I got brain diabetes. <laughs> we were leaving the fucking airport, and Greg purchased. This was a fuck up we haven't even talked about on this podcast. Purchased oh, yeah. <laughs> and then misplaced a bottle of orange juice at the airport on misplaced the way Misplaced is strong. I just left it where I was sitting when we got up to what, go right. see. He was in one place. It was in a different place yeah. when he needed it. But I didn't and I was like, like, dude, just go. We're, like, we're going to be in the air for fucking four hours. Go grab your fucking orange juice. And he did. And then he survived the, against all odds, survived this plane ride. I didn't know he was like a, it's like. Walking around with a goddamn basil plant. It's like walking it's, around with an avocado. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah no, it's Greg usually is, it's Greg's usually ripe for seven minutes. Of not trip. that bad though, man. Like uh, like stress hormones. Like it, it's always affected by different shit, man. There's a, I don't know why it does some of the crazy He's stuff. He's been it taking does estrogen sometimes. supplements, and I've been screaming at him the whole time. Yeah. that's what he's saying. It's pretty much it's just so it's just dude, different I, shit. I just got an MRI yesterday. Yeah, uh, I've had five concussions. And so my doctor was like, hey, would you like to have your brain scanned? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I think we should do it. So we'll see. There's definitely some patches in there. Oh, sure. Oh, I've had some bad concussions. Yeah. I got this thing called vasovagal syncope. I thought it was like this very fucking like complex thing where my brain like doesn't have the right juices in the right places or whatever. Nah, bro. It's just fainting spells. Oh, wow. That's all it is. I, I suffer from fainting spells. Like, Damn. if I get overly tired, I will faint. Damn. That's uh, interesting, dude. That's interesting. You think that's from the concussions? I got, no, that's how <laughs> I got the concussions. Was oh, fainting. just from shitting? Yeah, because I used oh, to, like, wow. like, box and fight and shit. Like, dude, I've been, like, rocked pretty good a few Bro, times. I'm I've pretty gotten sure two I'm concussions while taking a shit. Damn, Doug. Wow. There's no pride. There is no glory in my concussions. Oh, I no, got them either, on, I got them because the tile was too hard. <laughs> yeah, don't long, fight, kids. So how long were you in the military before you... I was in the military for three years. Okay, so you yeah. weren't like... Because I, I was... I was like, in the I infantry. I did everything. You know, like the, gotcha. the whole thing. But like, I did get hurt. And I got sent back. Um, so then you came up to Bremerton for... Like, how long were you in Bremerton? For a, a year or something? Yeah, I was there for three years. Okay. Yeah, how I much was, of it was Bremerton, Silverdale... I started comedy, I think, like, uh, 20, I want to say 2013, 2014. Gotcha. Like, and then I, it, it was all systems go by 2015. So this is, this is a, I'm going to give you, like, a, what, one thing I like to do on this podcast is when I've had a negative thought about someone at some point. This is a long time ago. Yeah. Before I've invited you into the hotel room. Uh, but first but off, you invited me to a red roof inn. That's true. It might let's be not a, act it like this is, let's not act like this is the four fucking seasons. <laughs> but... I, this I had this so back like we were both brand new when I yeah. saw you right and fucking I was like oh that guy's just as bad or worse than me at that time like none of us were any good right yeah and then some years later I hadn't seen your name on anything and then I saw uh, Stanhope was involved in a comedy club yeah and I go on the website and John Carden is headlining and I'm like can't be the same John Carden I know and I pull it up and it was you. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is my, like, this is where it's insulting, is I go, well, if John can headline it, I better send him a fucking email, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, like, obviously, you've gotten a lot better, like we all have, since 2015 or whatever. It was because of Phoenix, man. Sure. Phoenix, like, the guys that, that were above me, I won't say above me, but, like, you know, do a comedy with me, that Michael Longfellow, you know, he's been mm -hmm. on you know, so much shit now. 
in a great, incredible comic. The bar was super high. Right. You know, when it came to the comic, Chappelle Lacey was a Phoenix comic that mm-hmm. time. Oh, shit. Um, so, like, uh, Michael Turner, Anwar Newton, all those guys are fucking killers. And yep. uh, so I had the pleasure uh, of watching really good comics and also having a, a plethora of stage time. Yeah. yeah there was nothing but stage time in that, Phoenix. That's something that I think Seattle lacks pretty well. Is uh, There's lots of stage time there, but you don't have as many just fantastic comics to work with constantly. Dude. Yeah, I like, There's good comics, but there's not like just people you're really going to be learning from. They're people you want to match. Like, I have to get as good as this yeah. guy. Well, this yeah. is like, hard. I've yeah. said this uh, before, and so I'm never going to move unless something crazy happened. I'm never going to move. So I know that that's like already stacked against me, right? Like I'm already stacking the chips against myself yeah. through that. I know moving would be beneficial. So Greg and I get to work with Gabe Rutledge a lot. I just you, worked with him. Yeah, you yeah, worked with him in day. Oklahoma yeah. City, right? And we talked about this. Yeah, I will fucking, yeah, that's right. We, I will, anytime he wants me to work with him, I will go be the second best, at best, second best comic on the show. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I will, yeah. like, it's a good, it's, I always say it's like when you play basketball, the way to get better at basketball is to play against better basketball players. Yeah. And it's going to, a, being on a show that Gabe is headlining, I've never left it going like, oh, yeah, dude, I don't, he's good, but like, I'm fucking yeah, for pretty sure. good. You know, he's like, he's yeah. incredible. He fucking crushes for 45. He, I mean, he is, man. He get, he's, he's incredible, bro. I mean, I watched him up there at Valentine's Day, and he just fucking murdered. Mm-hmm. I so mean, many tags, just so fast. He's just great. He's, right. it's it's quick it's on everything, right? Yeah, crowd work. He's it's, quick yeah. on his feet. It's, it's everything. And he's, he's great at selling merch. He's like, if, for my, if you're building a professional comedian, it's Gabriel Rutledge. That's who you end up building. I mean, maybe make him like a black lesbian if you're really building. Hold on. If you're trying to get him booked. If you, want to get, <laughs> if you want to get him millions of dollars, like that's the way to if do it. If you want to put him on Comedy Central, then yeah, he needs to be a black. I know somebody that ran a fucking. I know somebody I don't that ran agree a comedy with any of this, festival. Just... I know somebody that ran a comedy festival and they called a black lesbian a unicorn and would book them immediately. Sure. No, man. It's, it's, it's rare a real that you thing. You hear people actually say it, but I've had like bookers that we know or at least that we know, but maybe you probably know also, have gone like, I'm like, hey, can I do that show? Like, I think I'd like to do that show. And they go, sorry, I can't book any white guys till July. And I'm like, oh, well, you have like the rest of the lineups open, but it's full of white guys and for four months. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, I mean, I guess, fine, whatever. Like, I, I, I actually do appreciate the honesty because I, it's, it's almost gaslighting to say like, this isn't happening. It's actually not true. We're just booking on talent. And then... Like, there's fucking three white guys and seven of everything else. When I know what's showing up at open mics, you know what yeah. I mean? There's but, a good cartoon that was done in the New Yorker, I think it was, uh, where it's, it, was, it was about comedy. And I couldn't believe they did it. It showed, uh, it said only one, white com- only one white male comic. And it had, like, a corral of, like, 600 white male comics. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then it goes, uh, and then, it's like, the other one is, like, uh, we're keeping it diverse. And there's literally three like black Mexican or like, Indian comics in the in the corral. Right, right. You know what I mean? Is this, it's like is this like how like white guy reservations now? They're just gonna put you away. Yes, exactly. usually when you need it. Is how you guys the feel? The trail of tears, but is. we're all we walk more slowly. And <laughs> <laughs> we cry way more. Yes. <laughs> okay, the Native good. Americans were a proud people. They, they were brave. We are not. <laughs> <laughs> That's just gonna be a saturated journey. <laughs> um. Walking through mud. But so, yeah, Arizona. I've, I like Arizona, too. The other thing we don't have in Seattle, we have, like, a couple places where it's, like, 
the focus is the best comedy possible. Yeah. Instead of like, well, this crowd prefers this type of thing or this booker wants th- wants to like force upon this crowd this type of thing. And there's like, like, go ahead, Greg. Greg's, I'll just Greg's the beneficiary, dude. Greg's Here's very what I woke on this I'm going to say this. Moving from Seattle to Phoenix, the biggest mm-hmm. realization was you have a regular scene inside of an alt scene. In, yes. in Seattle, that's a really it good is way yeah. it is an alt city, yeah. it very much. Yeah, Tim Nataro yeah. could sell out absolutely any fucking place in Seattle for sure. Whereas you could ask the question, "Will Bill Burr?" You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's just true. Yeah, people you know? will it, when when Bill he will, but when he does, the people who buy the tickets live in Tacoma and Everett. Absolutely, but Tig's Tig selling out in fucking right in, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but when I moved to Phoenix, I found. It was a right comedy mainstream city with an alt scene. Right. So you could go to the place where, you know, the, the vegan fucking Thai places um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to tell your fucking your abortion jokes. Right. Or you could go to Stand Up Live, Tempe Improv, House of Comedy, Stir Crazy, JPs. You can go any of the other main clubs Fuck. and try to do real fucking comedy. Even, dude, I would. So we did Improv Mania out there, which is, I presume, based on everything that we experienced, it's like at least a very woke staff. Yeah. Not compared to Seattle necessarily, but the, and I assume the clientele would be a little more oh, dude. No. They were fucking on board from yeah. the beginning. Like They're white incredible. Trash. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you're up there towards Gilbert and Chandler in that area. I think that's in Chandler. I used to mm-hmm. live over there and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a lot of just families and a lot of this white trash trying to do better. You yeah. know what I mean? People moving out there because they can get a four or five bedroom house for two hundred fifty grand, and right. uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of what improv improv mania draws a weird demographic because it's real close to Mesa too, and Mesa's poor, even mm-hmm. though it's being gentrified as we speak. It's still pretty poor, um, right? But as far as like the clubs go in Phoenix, like the benefit of being there is the clubs, mm-hmm. and I don't think people yeah. realize that because. You know, that's how I got with Big J. It's how I opened for Adam Carolla. It's how I've opened for all the fucking people I've opened for is is being good in the club. Right. And yes, yeah, uh, I do feel that like a lot of people just don't do well in clubs, man. It's like, yeah, if you're not doing well in clubs, like, what are you what are you trying to do? man? I know. I don't I don't even understand it, to be honest with you, because it's like, oh, the place where everything is geared towards making the crowd laugh exactly. at comedy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, in, it is intimidating. Now, absolutely. I'm not going to say there's not intimidation factor, uh, you know, about being in a club because you're in the place where it's supposed to work, right? Yeah. You're, you, you're, you're in the box. You're in the, you're in the place. How, what's the biggest crowd you've ever performed for? It was Celebrity Theater. It right. was one I won that 98.7 KUPD Funniest Comic. Oh, oh nice, gotcha. man. How big is that? That was 4,000. How, how about you? Uh, probably, I think the bang, like 750, something like that. Gotcha. So mine's yeah. like 800. Yeah. Uh, and honestly... I'm way more nervous going out in front of like four people than fucking 800. I don't. And the thing is, is you can't explain that to people. Right. There's no way that you can look at a person that doesn't do comedy and explain to them that I am terrified for four, but I'm at ease for 4,000. Right. I mean, they just don't don't understand it. Kind of. I mean, you can see like, yo, man, first off, laughter is pretty contagious, right? Sure. It's contagious. So if there's like 4,000 people ready to like, they're ready. If there's 4,000 people there. They're ready to see some shit, right? But there four are people. Four people could just walk in a room, and you're like, "Okay, what the fuck is this about?" Oh, I gotta talk to, I gotta talk to these four people that don't even know this is a show, 
they're not even yeah. geared toward this. If they're not laughing, like if some person's not laughing, they're gonna look at them like it's not. So there's not gonna be contagious laughter of other pockets and shit. It's like it's just way harder to do in front of four people unless you're just good at being intimate. I think the argument as to where only four people are gonna remember you sucked versus four thousand is there too, yeah. and I can understand that argument. Where think, it's like uh, only four people are gonna know you sucked, but right. for us, that is four thousand. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. That's four thousand people. Is, if you go to the place with uh, four thousand and five hundred people laugh, that's you, a, you could have. That means that still had a good set. It still yeah. feels good. Yeah. Where yeah. when it's four people, if only on average half a person's laughing, which is the same ratio. You're like, oh, this is, I'm bombing the whole fucking time, basically. And you're also, like Greg said, like you're losing momentum because every time you do a joke and nobody laughs, that's like way worse for the future laughs. Yeah. When if 500 people laugh, it's still 500 people laughing, right? Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Here's the thing I did that show and I made, I guarantee you, I made 3,998 laugh. Nice. But two of them, I could see them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're sitting there, arms crossed. There's 4,000 people. I'm on a round, bro. I'm on a fucking circle. I look, and it's a stadium. Like, right. everywhere you look, there's fucking people. And the only people I could find over and over again were the two fucking grumps sitting in the front row with their arms crossed being like, I don't like these white trash jokes. Mm-hmm. Those are the two people I saw. What is yeah. wrong with us? Did what you is see wrong with me? That Chappelle special, he never fucking addressed them, but the most recent one, it keeps showing those that two lesbian, women. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. Uh, she gets increasingly madder and madder yeah, and madder. It starts out she's enjoying it. Yeah, and then at the end she's gone. Yeah. The, yeah. It's so funny. The show that he walks somebody from a special. So funny. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had those people for sure where you're like. I, and I, it's like a, maybe a little hacky to do, but every now and then you'll be like, I finally saw you fucking laugh. You did it. I got you. Fi- yeah. You just say it to them, you know? Yeah. You're like 20 minutes in or sometimes 40 minutes in. And I've you're like, done I finally it. fucking got you. I've fine. done it. It took me 45 minutes, but motherfucker, I got you. Yeah. And that's for the sure. win. Yeah, for sure. Hands down. That's the win. That's the tough thing, too, about doing short sets, man, is we were doing more. Sh- I haven't done a fucking. We did a six minute set the other day. Yeah, man. I haven't done a six minute set in a while, and you're like, I oh, I can't. Like, I have to come in hot and just stay fucking hot. Yeah, yeah. We did not do that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was, late. Not, yeah, it was not good. It, it's it tough good. going from the road back to your city where there's everybody competing. Right. Because there's no competition on the road. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just you. And it's wonderful. Yeah. But at the same time, it's exhausting having to go all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to compete with the fish. Well, and it's also the other thing is, is like you have this whole set structured in a way. Like, I'm just, we're just here trying to fucking impress. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, this joke, I'm like, well, fuck, I can't do the. Like, it's great when it follows, and this is maybe a weakness of the joke, but it's a joke that's like, it does incredible when it follows this joke, but I don't have time to tell both of these. Yeah. So, now I got to figure out how to try to get into this joke without the fucking build to it you know well, if you're doing comedy to be a five minute comedian you're wrong of course you know what i mean you're absolutely wrong i think the the five minute thing it's just it's really it's just late night i think that's the only thing that keeps five minutes where it is for five and six minute sets is because you know, nate bergazzi that man he walked around new york with five minutes in his fucking pocket for 10 years yeah you know what i mean yeah. he always had five minutes ready to fucking go and that's why he was on the tonight show colbert all those shows fucking 30 times, and everybody knows who Nate is now. It's because he always had that five ready to go. Well, and he was five clean, too. But that's easier yeah. in New York. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're going to New York and everybody's a killer. So a five minute set from everybody is fucking heat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. the other thing, the other thing about New York is you could do like three, four, five sets a night. Yeah. Where here it's like we have one show, six minutes. If I could do the same six minutes, five, six times, even if it's just six minutes, by the end of it, I'm going to have new tags. I'm going to have yeah. new fucking yeah, whatever. Sure. Gonna be but when I do joke. it one time and it's like, well, I'm just trying to do the best version of this joke so that hopefully the fucking owner of the club sees me or whatever, or the booker gives a good word to the fucking owner or whatever. You know, it's like everything is such a dart into the dark that I'm just like, the only thing I can do is come do well and be nice to people. You yeah. know what I mean? And are y'all doing I, the filthy tonight? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'll I'll have to come by after my show. Oh, cool. Yeah, that yeah that'll be a good time. Supposedly that's like a very it's busy it's year. my favorite show in the city. Oh, that's awesome. And don't tell Adam I said that. All right, good. he'll watch this though. So <laughs> he will not watch. We'll this make sure we edit it. Oh, um, but yeah, man, they'd always had five or eight. So five, I think, when you get back into the city and you're in your scene, you kind of like you kind of have to, and it sucks. I'm not. A, I've never been a five minute comedian. Yeah. Never. I've always wanted to headline. I didn't mm-hmm. get into comedy to be middle management. Yeah, I guess, man. You know That's what I mean? So. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get into comedy to be a feature or a host for the rest of my life. I got into right. comedy to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. And, and to, I didn't get into comedy to make people laugh. I got into comedy to make people cry. You know, I, I've got expectations of myself that I want to achieve. And Like me cry when I see that John Carden is headlining <laughs> shows. And I'm fucking dying for a feature weekend at Tacoma Comedy Club. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. I, what you didn't, like, what nobody saw was... That there was like a year when I got to Phoenix, a year or two, where I did nothing but the Chitlin circuit. Like I did nothing but black shows. That's all I did for the Is first two years. There a lot of black people in Arizona. Nah, but there's <laughs> there's th- enough to have. A, th- there's enough to have a circuit, you gotcha. know. And I would do like I would do every black show I could do, all the way from Phoenix to Vegas. Every every black show I could possibly do because that is my fucking theory that I've talked about. Like I just want to do that. I want to go bomb in black rooms so bad. You here's the thing. Black rooms, what I learned about black rooms was honesty is your best weapon. Yeah. If you can be honest and never actually tell the truth. I know it sounds weird, (laughs) but you know what I mean? If you can say it without saying it, black people are going to fuck with that. Always. Always. Yeah, we have like, there's like fucking, this is the closest thing I've ever had. And I've talked about this weekend so many times because it was so fun. I opened for Mark Curry. I love him. He's so good. He immediately, well, my experience might be slightly different, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) he was, I'll I'll tell you off the podcast in case for some God awful reason, this gets back, gets back to Mark Curry, but he, uh, I was going to hashtag Mark Curry. Good. I was going to do it anyway, but now that we mentioned him, I for sure will. Um, I'll fucking tweet at him right now. (laughs) (laughs) He, uh, we're going live. I'll tell you the story. It wasn't incredible, but he, um, it's like 75% black crowd. Mm-hmm. I definitely, they never would have booked me to, but I just live closest to the club, right? So they're like, can you come down? We need a feature. And I'm sure that if it went bad the first night, like yeah. the Thursday night, they would have been like, all right, we got somebody for Friday, Saturday. You're good. Thank you for coming down. But I went up, dude, and had, I, it was the hardest I've ever crushed in my fucking life. Yeah. The black friend joke I have. Yeah. Best reaction. I've sent that version of this joke. It's like, the, I think it's, Probably the edgiest joke that I had at the time. Maybe not anymore. But what do you think? Do you not think so? I don't know. Look at you, Greg. Everything black. Yeah, I need to hear. Never your thought opinion. it was super edgy. Just in my opinion, I never thought why. The, only the amount of yeah. white validation that has been needed throughout this shit. Yeah, 
is exponential. And you're giving most of it. We could use a little more, to be honest with you. But yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. That's why I'm not saying much. I'm yeah, like, actually, oh my he's God. just sitting over here trying not to die of diabetes. That's, yeah, <laughs> I am concentrating. Yeah. Like, oh, I gotta switch he's this out. He's meditating his blood sugar down. <laughs> but so uh, I have this joke that like references race. White okay. crowds get, but it's an all white crowd. It can get weird. Uh, like when there's some black people in the audience, I can see the like it's doing well with the the. Uh, black with, people and minorities the in the audience. This dude, I've never heard it fucking blow up like this. Like, it was going fucking yeah. awesome. And uh, I've always wanted to just, like, the challenge of going and doing... Like, I just want to know what works and what doesn't everywhere, yeah. right? That doesn't mean that if I come back to a fucking country bar on the road, I'm not going to fucking still do the thing that doesn't work in the black room. But I want to know. Because I know that's not a bulletproof joke. You know what I mean? And then if yeah. I could bring that same joke back a year later and have it work in that room... That's like a sign of progress. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just like no, there's very few black room opportunities for, I mean, white guys aren't getting a shot in comedy, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you guys this. established this early. I mean, he's headlining a show tonight. I forgot what it was. Yeah. Highball or something. Highball. Yeah. Just doing this highball bullshit. He's just headlining a just show. Just headlining a show. Yeah. First off, let's be real. This I'm dude. not headlining shit. I'm closing out the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, for me, here's the thing. I look at headliners like I sold tickets. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Now, if I, if I, on, sold do tickets, I need to check my text message to see if you said headlining? Because I think you might have said headlining. I probably did say headlining. God, you but I, 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 I shouldn't have. And I, I regret right. doing it now. Thank you for Because I do apologies. look at There's it. There's been a lot of apologies on these podcasts. So <laughs> here's, the way, here's the way I look at it. I was like politician quick, too. I, I, I do realize that I might have said that, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I should not have said that. But Again, I am proving myself to be way more than white trash in this podcast. That's true. It's The accent still drops you down. Like, it does, it's man. unfortunate. It does. Because I, I, I start at a negative guy. two. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? I got to work my way out of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious, man. I've got to use but, words like extemporaneous. You know what I mean? And so uh, people, we don't even know what it means, but the fact that they pronounced it correctly, I'm yeah, impressed, yeah. dude. That's <laughs> it's a proper form of speaking. If you speak well, then you speak extemporaneously. Damn, I did not know. I could have used the word in a sentence, but could not have defined it for sure. Um, wow, what a guy. I read. There wow. we go. Oh, that's the fucking thing. You're I listen to, to audiobooks. That's my bad. I just don't have the patience to read. <laughs> um, I'm a reader. But no, that's like, uh, I, I want those challenges, dude. Like we did, a, I've talked about a bunch on here, but like we did backyard shows when we couldn't do other shows. Yeah. I think I grew a ton in like maybe 10 shows because it's like you go in, it's a family. Also, and this is I did them with Gabe. The, you go into a backyard and you start talking about eating ass. And it feels a lot dirtier in a yep. family's backyard than it does in a comedy club. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Did you do any of those shows that uh, the club would, they'd like six people would come in and rent? Yeah, you like, almost gave me COVID on one. Oh, yeah, I guess, you know, I never got COVID. <laughs> Speaking of which, I probably have it right now. But yeah, um, but, uh, yeah uh, those are like, those are weird, man. There, one, there was one with like just three people. It was a mom and dad and their son. Just three people, and yeah. I do thirty minutes for so three the, people. So when the state cha- the state changes the laws, so first it was you could have entertainment outdoors at your home, one family, and everyone always fudged the one family thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, they they made it so you could do indoors private event up to like six audience members. This, the, I mean, just an insane. It and was... all this stuff is so that like weddings can happen and stuff like that. It's like complete bullshit. And then the club obviously is like trying to find any way. Honestly, I'm sure they're not making money on. So people would like rent out the club for 300 bucks, and yeah. then they would get a private show for three people. I did one, by the way, that was uh, it was a black family, like it was the dad's birthday, 
but it's like was it six of them right six of them were you yeah, on that i was too? on that show that was a good show though right it was okay there yeah. were parts where i was like oh these parents are not happy that okay. saying this nah, they were kids. they were fucking with me that's what i thought was weird because the three they were like man and it was the roughest 30 i've ever had to do in my life and then i did another 30 for the six family of, of black and it was like it was fun man it was just like doing a real intimate show and i liked it, it was, when there's it was three creepy. people it's really yeah. bad when the one person that's laughing has to go to the bathroom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've had it's funny like a club that holds 250 or whatever yeah. and you fucking look out and there's three people and the one person that is on your wavelength at all is like uh you could see him shaking because he's got piss coming out of his ears oh. you're like oh no please please just stay until greg's set for the love of god <laughs> i'll wait till he i'll just stop and wait till he gets back yeah i would be like hey so what are y'all up to man so yep. do you take a long time to pee is it frothing i do crowd work the fuck he gets back <laughs> i mean that's my guy i'm not doing this without him yeah, you know crowd I mean? work is like, so you're his mom or something? Like, <laughs> why he's fucking gone. this dude? You just talk about him while he's yeah. gone. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably doing a dookie, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I've had some bombs that he does doing that chilling circuit. I had one of the hardest bombs I've ever had. And it was in the back of a pizza place. And it's never a great place to do comedy in the back of a restaurant. Dude, yeah. we used to do uh, comedy in the back of a Chinese restaurant in Spokane, bro. Yeah, it's why yeah. Fuck, man. I spilled a bunch of water here. I'm very dead. Yeah, that's probably the, one of the hardest bombs I've ever had, too, was in the back of a Chinese restaurant. Uh, it, so I was talking about, like, uh, narcoleptic blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was these two varying in a booth. I mean, when I say morbidly obese, I'm not using that word out of context. It's a, we've already determined you're a doctor. That's a medical diagnosis. They are yeah. like, I mean, these two parents are fucking huge. And I'm telling these jokes, and nobody is fucking laughing. And this shit's funny. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's funny. It's, got, it's, it's popped everywhere. Mm-hmm. And nobody in that room is laughing. And I was like, why in the fuck? So I do 15 minutes to nothing. I mean, not a goddamn sound. Um, and then I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? And I look at the lady, I'm like, why is nobody laughing? She goes, there's kids in here. And I'm like, fucking where? <laughs> fucking where? <laughs> <laughs> fucking where? <laughs> and she, the, this fucking mom, she pulls her arm up. The, 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 the flab was hanging down 16 inches. If this woman ate potato salad and made potato salad, I would gobble it the fuck up. You know what I mean? That's how big this flap was. And she picked up her fucking bat flap, and under it was a small child. Oh, but this alive. child, alive, had been... <laughs> this child, both of these children had been concealed by obesity. Like, obesity had hidden these children from me. And like... Oh you God. see all the problems obesity and, really causes? Yeah, them? dude. Jesus, man. You said it. Un- unexpected consequences. I didn't even see children. <laughs> Here's For the, some reason. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay. Um, I could have just shut up. And yeah. this is what I've learned. Is sometimes it's better just to shut up, move on, and take the loss. Mm-hmm. Instead, <laughs> children, I complained dude. that the parents were too fat for me to see the kids. And let me tell you, if my set didn't hit before that, <laughs> Bob, it didn't hit after either. God damn. That's one yeah. of the hardest well, bombs. Like, like all family, why? Why was everyone worried about these because, two kids? Could they see him somehow? They could see the kids. Oh yeah. Yeah, they could see him twitching. It's like, oh, he's still breathing. He's good. They, they well, were like, dude. I did a show with. Uh, I did a show at that, with that Booker we were talking about earlier, where uh, I was like, I'm, I'm going like, 
I'm doing 20 minutes and I'm like at a time where I'm like, I don't really feel great doing 20 minutes at this time. And I was like, I don't know if I can do some people show up and they have like an 11 year old daughter, her friend, by the way, I'm doing like some racial material, her black friend. And then they're like 13 year old son. Okay. And, uh, there's like nine people in the audience and it's three comics doing 20 minutes. And I'm like, I'm fucked and I'm, but I'm in the middle. So the guy before me goes up and he does like seven minutes as clean as he can do. And then I don't know if he like got confidence or if he was just out of material, but he did a joke about a stripper pulling an entire American flag out of her pussy where he's like <laughs> acting it out like to these girls, basically. Like, like, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I don't even think that bad. Like, I don't even think it, it, like the joke is fine. But I'm like, oh, dude, like. Even, did it hit? I, um, Were the teenage girls into that? I think the 13-year-old boy was into it. I think yeah, the, he, <laughs> he was laughing. Like, yeah, that would be hilarious. Uh, uh, that's parents. not what you want. That's not, <laughs> you but, don't want the 13-year-old boy sitting up there. I'm like, I love this shit. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> They're not, the worst. Not to speak on the quality of the joke necessarily, but I was like, there's no way I will be memorable tonight, even if I go dirty, yeah. which is nice. Like That was at least freeing. And then I think I went like fine. And then I, even the, the comic, it's like rough, man, because the comic that went after, he also like doesn't have 20 minutes of clean material at the time, right? So he starts doing crowd work with 11-year-old girls. And you're like, dude, this is going to go a bad direction. Like, stop this. Stop what you're doing. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, maybe the last show they ever did there, actually. It was in uh, Bothell, Washington. Did y'all ever do any anti-Katrina shows? I've never done an anti-Katrina show, no. That's the, that's the uh, most fun I've ever had in comedy. Oh, really? Oh, man. I gotta they get g- give you a fuck, go to a fish fry, you come away with a plate, 25 bucks, and 20 minutes. Yeah. Andy Katrina took care of you up there, man. Me and Josh and Marquise and Naren. Oh, yeah. We all did anti-Katrina shows. Did you ever meet Marquise? Yeah, man. He was at uh, Jose's thing in... That theater show that me and Josh went to. Okay. Oh, they, nice. they surprised Josh because they were home. I, I met him once before. Not when he was doing comedy, though. No. Okay. Because, like, Josh is honestly, like, the first comic cool. I ever talked to in Seattle, man. I met him at the parlor. He's the dude. most energetic person yeah. I think I've ever been around. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Like, he's a pro wrestler now. For yeah. Forever. I can't remember what his and he's, quiz he, we he, trust, maybe. He is. He, he was a pro wrestler before he was a pro wrestler. You know what I mean? Sure. He had pro wrestler energy like when he was playing fucking foosball. Yeah. So it's not a shock that yeah. he does what he does. I'm so happy for him, though. Yeah, that's cool. That like looks like he's actually doing shit, and it's like just somebody following their dream. And it looks he's he looks happy. Love that. He's got two belts. He's got two belts right now. I need two belts to get on a fucking airplane, dude. <laughs> almost. I, I, by the way, I had a fucking scary moment. I had a defective seatbelt. Uh, a couple because I can listen. I'm I'm not at the end of the belt, but I'm I'm. It's in eyesight. You know, like, it's, I could see the end of the belt, oh, of the seatbelt. But I got into one where something was going on with the belt. Like it was, maybe it was, like, caught on something behind the seat or something. Yeah. And I'm too fucking, I'm too much of a coward to be like, can I get an extender? Yeah. So I just, like, truly did, like, <laughs> internal damage to my organs. Jam this thing fucking, because I'm like, there's no, I can't be, I can't be see? a fucking two seatbelt guy right now. You shouldn't be all shamed like that. Everybody's beautiful, man, and you need... You were just talking about fucking the bad things about obesity. John I mean, health-wise, you're gonna, you get, it's not great for you. My for girlfriend sure. used to weigh 400 pounds. Okay. She lost it. She lost 200 pounds twice. She lost it. To and she gained zero it back. pounds now? No, she lost it and she gained it back. Oh, wow. And then she lost it again. First time, it was like bulimia 
and uh, all the unhealthy shit, right? So mm-hmm. when is she gonna die soon, dude? That's a lot of damage already, to do to your body. She's already beat. She had thyroid cancer from it, and she beat that. Damn, damn, this is bro. A hard she's person. like thirty percent cockroach. <laughs> she must be, dude. That, I can't imagine the stress on your body of gaining, losing, gaining. Because she had to gain that two hundred pounds to begin with, right? To get four hundred. Right. Losing oh, dude, it, here's gaining, the thing. and then losing it again. The gaining part's got to be pretty. That's realized. like me jumping off your back, then on your back, then off your back, like a few times, but like internally over time. That'd be ridiculous, dude. Here's what I've realized: I am never gonna win a who had the bigger trauma argument. <laughs> I could try, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my mama put out Newports on my skin, and she's like, I couldn't fit in a fucking car. <laughs> I couldn't fit in a fucking car. Like my parents fat shamed me to the point that I got fatter. And I couldn't fit in a car. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you win. I can't beat that. Couldn't fit in an automobile? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's that's some psychological trauma, bro. Yeah, well, how much more time do you have? uh, Are we holding you too long? uh, I got... I don't have to leave here for 20 minutes. So what's the show about, man? What do you you like about Austin? How long you been around here? I've been here for a year. Um, It's... You know what? I love the city. Yep. The city's fun. I love being close to my kids. I didn't move here for comedy. Right. It was never a comedy move for me. I was going to move here uh, two years ago before Chelsea got cancer. Um, but now, you know, I'm here and uh, I'm having fun. It's uh, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass leaving Phoenix and coming here because I had it so good in Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Like I, was, I had it made. Would you recommend people go to Phoenix? If you're not established... It's a great place to build a set. I mean, I got an hour easy out of Phoenix in, in six years, if not more. Right. Probably an hour and a half of material. Um, Damn. Just because you become a club regular, mm-hmm. and then you're in the rotation every six weeks. You can't do that every motherfucking set, same set every, every six weeks. Right. You have to switch that shit up. And so you have to grow your material. And then when you're growing your material, it has to be worthy of the club. Mm-hmm. So it puts you at a high, it puts you at like high standards as far as a bar to jump over. And really, it can make you a pro comic more than L.A. or New York can in some instances. Because I've seen a lot of people come in from L.A. and just get buried. Well, I think there's a thing about, the, about L.A. specifically where there's industry there, but there's not repetitions for a lot no, of people. And that's, yeah, I'm always, I think of time and repetitions. So like, to me... Uh, 25 minutes on stage is worth more than three, like seven minute sets or something yeah. like that. But those three minutes, uh, those three seven minute sets are worth more than three times more than one seven minute set. Absolutely. The problem with Phoenix is you are on the hamster wheel. Sure. You know what I mean? People in New York and in uh, LA, they're running the marathon. Yeah. But you're sitting there on the treadmill, and you but you have to understand that that's where you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you have, as soon as you can own that and own the fact I'm on the treadmill, you can treat it like a gym. And so it, that the, gives you so much more freedom than L.A. or New York has because you can fucking try anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was telling you, man, Day Wayne said that. The only places you have to kill are New York and L.A. Like he said, you can't just try shit. No. You know how hard it is to get on the fucking, like, the comedy store, open yeah. mic? I've, sure. been to, like, I've seen that line, man. It's, ridi- yeah. it's ridiculous, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. It's, it's, cra- it's beyond, like, I've never seen an open mic line like that in my life. Right. It's crazy. And they have, what, how many spots? 20? 20, if that, yeah. Yeah. So, so are you going to move uh, to, to one of those? Um, when my son is 18, um, I'll make, he's, he's seven. So I got, I got 11 years. 
How old are you? Um, I'm 34. Okay. I'll probably move to New York. Gotcha. Well, you, I know you have uh, friends in New York. All my connections yeah. are in New York. Um, you know, people say that I'm doing well out here in Austin, but everything I've gotten, I've gotten from Phoenix. Right. You know, it was from Stand Up Live and Tempe Improv. Right. It was from, you know, opening for Chris Porter, opening for Big J, opening for all these fucking people. Um, that got me more than being here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, being here, it gets you stuff in the city. But it's, there's no national attention here right now. Right. It's got to change when Rogan opens up. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. It's yeah. only, you know, only time will tell. But Rogan's got his people. You know, yeah, Tony probably. Hinchcliffe is his boy, and that ain't changing. Mm-hmm. You know, Hans Kim, look, he came from us. He, that's our style. Yeah. And what is he, 60,000, 70,000 followers now on Instagram? He's doing great, man. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Sure. I mean. I remember he was, so by the way, he was supposed to do this podcast on Thursday. And the moment I saw him on a private jet with Rogan, I was like, I don't care if he's in town or not. He's not doing this fucking podcast. No. Like, <laughs> he's not making time on yeah. a Thursday. Hey, you want to come to the Red Roof Inn? Yeah. Or are you just there? What kind of lobster dinner did Joe Rogan just, buy you? He just takes steaks <laughs> on a plane. He's got yeah. his own suite. Like the exactly. <laughs> He's like, actually, the, the bed that the chair turns into on the plane is way more comfortable. And I'll just sleep on the plane when it's not flying. Thanks. But <laughs> you know what? I'm not, I don't hate Hans at all. Um, I think that what he's done is great. I don't like the situation that he had to do it in coming after the ping dang thing. Sure. I think that that kind of put a, a, a tarnish on it in a sense. Sure. Um, and I hated that for him. Because I know that he deserved that opportunity, whether Ping Dang called Tony Hinchcliffe out or not. Yeah. Right? I think but the thing is... to see it come from that was a little bitter. Sure. It was a little hard. I could see that. I think you don't get to choose. You know what I mean? No. So, like, we have a, we have a buddy... No, but you, do, but you should. You don't get to choose, but you should choose. Yeah, we have... There, that's true. We have a, so, we have a buddy that's uh, got, like, gotten real big on TikTok. Yeah. And, uh, man... You know, it's not from stand-up, but he is a stand-up, and it's like, you don't get to pick. No. You don't get to pick. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like, I, you know, still keep getting better at stand-up if you care about that. You know what I mean? I think also the other thing is, is like, you'll find out how much you care about it as the other shit. If, it's, if you get big off something else, right? How many people obviously become actors and then never stand on the stage with a microphone again a lot? Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's fine. That's yeah. cool. It's more, I mean, why would I care? Like, that's more room for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the, that doesn't matter to me at all. But, and Bahans is like doing it through stand up at least. You know what I'm happy about? I am so, I don't, I don't want to be bitter at all when it comes to that whatsoever because I am truly happy for him. Yeah. Did you um, not get on that Tony, Kill Tony shit? Did it didn't go well or what happened, man? Oh, I went up on Kill Tony. Okay, yeah, man, I went I up on Yeah, I did. I did fine. They do it like every Monday. When do they do that here? It's every Monday. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm not a huge fan. Of, right. of the show, just in the concept of it. Same. I've been doing comedy for nine years, <laughs> okay. and you're going you're yep. gonna to give me 60 seconds? Right. I've never watched it. You know what I mean? Episode. Like somebody that's never done it before. You know the con- how the show goes? No, I, know, I know how it works. I've seen like clips of it. I've just never like watched the show. That was always just a tough pill for me. It's a handicap. You know what I mean? Well, and it's also like it's not even the 60 seconds, the thing that's the most insulting to me, though I do think that is kind of insulting. But it's the fact that it's like you, there's no like meritocracy at all to get to – to earn the 60 seconds, right? It's just it's all show up and luck, right? It's like, all, yeah, it's all lottery. And that's like, so much of this shit is already that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, why, you know, the, yeah, everything I've gotten, I can't f- draw a direct line to that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I don't know why this booker likes me. And I also don't know why this other booker doesn't like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get, it, I don't understand it all the time. 
I just hate limiting things. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like looking at fucking Matt Stafford and saying you can only throw one pass during a game. You know, giving a comic 60 seconds. It's like looking at fucking Randy Johnson saying, hey, you get one pitch. Mm-hmm. You can't do it in one pitch. You can't do it in one minute. Yeah. You know, you can. Like, I have a one-minute bit for sure. Yeah, you know what everybody does, but it's you not. You don't get any part of me. I, I'm, I, I'm a builder, you know, up there. That's the point. I'm building something for you that's going to be great. You just have to stick with me. And yeah. let's build it and then watch this. Let's, let's pull the fucking card and everything falls perfectly. Yeah. But 60 seconds. Can you do that? Right. And then I've heard some of the sets. Like, so the guy that we know that has the big TikTok following, he actually is a Kill Tony golden ticket, whatever the thing is. Yeah. He's a golden ticket guy. So I, I think, is that a regular? Is I that think, what that means? I, I think so. I've heard the term regular and I've heard golden ticket. But he can go on, I think, anytime he wants. He lives in Seattle, so he's yeah. not on it very often. But he, uh, yeah, it's like, he, by the way, had a great set on there. But I've seen some of the stuff where it's like they like it. And I'm like, oh, that was like. It's a minute. It's a one minute joke. It's going to limit you to even the depth of what a joke can be yeah. for anybody, right? Like even the people who are the best comics that have shown up on there, like the one minute sets that I've seen are like, okay, like that's fine. But yeah, yeah. a laugh. We there was a lady that was doing because at the at some point I remember I don't know if this is the way it still is, but uh, it was like you would do a new person would do a new one minute every week. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Hans does. Gotcha. And I think Ali McCoskey did that. Yeah. Think, uh, Jesse Johnson might have done that for a while. Um, all talented. There's been, you can't deny, like there has been some talented comics to come off fucking sure. kill Tony. David Lucas is talented. Right. Ali McCoskey is talented. Mm-hmm. If you watched her new thing, she just put out, she had a fucking joke that got me, bro. And I mean, she's like, I've watched a lot of mur- uh, murder documentaries. Um, so if there's, anything, uh, if there's anything I learned, I never start my day like any other. I'm like, such a great fucking joke. Just boom, smooth. You know, punchline is the set. It's everything perfect about a joke. Yeah. That came from Kill Tony. Mm -hmm. Being able to write and get a pop in that fucking 60 seconds and that structure and boom, set up and punch like that. That's from Kill Tony. So you can admit that there are there's it, it can build skills. Yeah, that's why my beef isn't yeah. with the sixty seconds at all. I think it's a good writing exercise for Absolutely. sure. I think that my problem is just the like uh they're it's there it's like a sideshow element, right? Where part of their it's thing the is having judgment for the sixty seconds. I well, think also, that's the issue. My issue is that I wanna know that I'm going up. If I'm gonna go spend three hours, I wanna know that I'm going up. And that's the tough part. It's like Yeah, I went six weeks in a row. And didn't get up. But right. I, I wasn't doing anything on a Monday. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, I would go. I would put in my name on the bucket. And I would go to the bar next door and watch Monday Night Football. And then when the show started, fortunately, I don't have to. Because it is like cattle. Mm-hmm. They put you in two fucking like cattle pens. Yeah, yeah. 80 comics. I tried and to get on in L.A. It was like, it's yeah. degrading. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. If you, as a human, it's degrading. Right. Much less as a comedian. Um, and we're barely human as comedians. But they let me walk around the, the, the showroom. You know, and sit down in like a stool or something because I'm an actual comic. And so Big Laugh lets me do that. I appreciate them so much for that. So because of that, I would go to Kill Tony a lot. Right. And, and I didn't have to stay in the bullpen. But, yeah, it's, it's a crapshoot. You never know if you're going to get up. And um, if you're a woman, the chances are way higher because uh, he does this thing. If he pulls up a bunch of males, he'll just go through the bucket till he finds a female. And usually there's only two or three there. Right. Um, so, like, that's why Molly Vivens gotten up like a hundred times. Fucking, so many female comics have gotten up so many times because he'll just go, he'll go to that and make sure he pulls up a woman. 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah, like we're, that's the New Yorker cartoon, right? It's literally the New Yorker cartoon in fucking yeah. real, in real form. It's wild. What uh? So your kids live here. How how are you dealing with being a road comic and a dad? I mean, I do every other weekend, so I make sure I'm home every other weekend. Um, I that that makes it tough. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say no to a lot of gigs, and uh, fortunately, you know, I do well enough to where the people that I work with that doesn't bother them. Mm-hmm. You know, they appreciate the fact that I'm you know, trying to be a good father. And also, they know that when I come, I come to work. You know, I, like I said, I'm not coming to fucking make you, you laugh. I'm coming to make you cry. That's why I'm there. Yeah. You know, I want to be as good as I can fucking possibly be on every night. Yeah. And I hold that, that standard to myself. Yeah, so, man. I kind of want to go to the show and check it out. I've never, seen, <laughs> I've never seen you do comedy, but I've heard your name. I've seen you on Facebook and shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. I'm happy to meet you because yeah, I'm real close with Luke. Yeah, yeah. And so, Luke <laughs> talks about you a lot. Yeah, lose my dude like this. I hope we're never in the same room together, all three of us. Dude. <laughs> Straight yeah. up, bald yeah. and bearded, all yeah. lookalikes. All lookalikes. We could all be, be the worst podcast. Oh nah. man, <laughs> I, I, I say when it comes to like writing and when it comes to uh, like comedy philosophy, Luke is damn near Socrates. You think? So? Oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Fuck I mean, Jesus. I've worked with Luke a lot, a lot. Yeah, we've definitely. Wrote some bits together, but uh, I mean, like that crow like, shit, you know I've never times? seen anybody care as much as he does. That's facts. That's for sure. True, That's yeah. for sure. He absolutely. That's actually like cares. a prerequisite to me is knowing that someone actually cares about comedy specifically. He gives a shit, and he's yeah. given a shit since I started. Yeah, and he was three years ahead of me when I started. So he was the first person to correct me at a mic for talking too much. He was the first person to like actually put me on game and actually tell me like. The way you're supposed to act at the comedy open mic. Yeah. And teach you, like, the things that you don't know that you need to know. See, I wish there were, like, a comedy class that taught the etiquette of comedy. Like, listen, we're going to teach you a class on how to behave and how to, like, get booked and not be an asshole with people. That Like, people need that lesson. I think more people would be better at comedy if they understood how to, like, navigate and just be a person, dude. Did y'all ever meet up in Seattle, uh, Rod Long? Yeah. I never met him. I know... You know he had, he got uh, sick pretty recently, right? Yeah, he got cancer. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he actually he had like uh, pancreatic cancer, maybe. Yeah, something. And I don't it's know. Like, that's a bad one. Yeah, yeah. and he's fine. I think he's fine. I think he's doing well. Oh but, shit! Yeah, I was supposed to smoke with him like uh, before the pandemic and shit, but then like you know he's kind of like God. He better be fucking locked up, dude. Yeah, yeah. for sure. He uh, one of the funniest comics I've ever seen live. Oh really? Is Rod Long? He had a set at the nine oh seven. I still remember to this day. He pulled. He talked about this fucking cannabis company like seven times during his set, and it's this really long name. And so every time he brought it up, it was like a free pop. And <laughs> it taught me, man. I was like just watching him, but he told me outside the 907 one night, and he was like, um, "You want the n- number one rule of comedy?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Don't be a dick. Fact. Don't be a dick. You can be an asshole. People like an asshole. Nobody likes a dick." That's great advice. Mm-hmm. It's vague as fuck. I know. Yeah. Then, then you <laughs> but it is it still great fucking advice for comedy because it's the truth. You watch dicks die every day in comedy. Like, yeah. they don't make it. Assholes live forever. I think there's like a, like, my thing is never fuck over a, com- a comedian's money is the yeah. number one thing. The money or the time. 
Yeah, well, that's a good one. I don't know that I'm always. I mean, we have you in this fucking hotel room, so I don't know if we're fucking yeah. doing that that well. That. But no, what I'm saying is, is like, Ugh. I'm spending my time because I like you guys. For sure. I no, know. I'm saying I always, but, always, never fuck over comics. Period. Because it, the, a very wise booker once told me. Be nice to everyone because you never know who's going to own a comedy club. That's the honest to God That's fucking true truth. Shit, dog. Yeah. True as shit. And, yeah. uh, oh, by the way, Tyler Smith, I owe him a show. I fucked him out of some time on accident. But it was on accident. It was a miscommunication, but yeah. Well, then you can like also apologize when you fuck up. How many times, by the way, it's never been a, a straight white dude, but how many times I've been booking shows and I'll fucking people cancel day of. Day of no apology, like oh fuck, like, no like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I could help you find a replacement. Yeah. No, oh my god, you know, I I double booked myself. I've never done this before, but like a, uh, I was actually uh, working with Chris Porter, and I had forgotten that I double booked myself to feature at another place. He's such a beast. Oh uh, yeah, he's great. And uh, so I'm I'm like supposed to feature at this place, and I go, well, I mean, obviously I'm gonna go to Tacoma Comedy Club. Like yeah, I'm gonna. If I have to fuck somebody, it's not going to be the club. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's fucking done everything for me, right? But the, uh, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I've never done this before. I will, I can email you people. Like, this guy hasn't been in the scene for a while. I'm like, I will find you a replacement. I will fucking, I'm like emailing people, texting people, sending yeah. Facebook messages. Like, so, and because I, I just, I feel so bad fucking over comics. Never would I do it intentionally. But yeah, I, I've done it too. I've done it too. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's a business, right? Yeah. So it's like organization and all that shit and all the shit that you didn't want to do to do when you were doing comedy, when you started comedy, it becomes crucial to succeed in comedy. <laughs> There's always paperwork in every job. It doesn't matter what you want to do. It doesn't matter what the sucks. fuck you do. Greg learned about taxes this weekend. Not taxes. Like Your first time about, paying them? No, about Almost do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was close. Yeah. Was like almost old, like. Couple thousand of this year, man. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. No, we were talking about write-offs because, yeah. like, the fucking hotels are write-off. Yeah, fucking, everything's, everything's a write-off, write right? Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, if I wanted the fucking vending machine downstairs, could be a write-off. No, I get it. Like, you write it off, but then I was like, well, what is like actually a write-off? What does it do? How does it work? How does it function? Yeah, I don't know, like, what it does for your taxes. So I want to know the specifics. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I was ignorant to taxes. You're right. And then Casey helps relieve me of my ignorance, and I appreciate that, man. Wow. Thank you, Casey. That's what, I was, this is what this whole thing has been for. So, that's what white people are here for. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. Just, therapists. Just to help you with your taxes <laughs> and recommend therapists. <laughs> also, Ther- we, we, we always know the best brand of quinoa. I can promise you that. Yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up with a nice rice pilaf on. <laughs> I appreciate hey, it. Hey, pumpernickel bread, okay? You guys Ooh. act like I don't have a white girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> or a white mom. Yeah, that loves to just cook all They both do, man. They both do. Yeah, it's so stupid, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I actually think that's like I heard a great quote from the uh, the uh, much, you know, he's dead, but Louis C.K. Uh, yeah. He's dead. He's been long dead, but <laughs> he ain't dead to me. Yeah. I watched his last no, special. That motherfucker's still it. on. I watched it too. I watched it. Too. Still I, the, I, sorry I, behind him. I mean, yeah, but this is uh, he did an old uh, unmask with Ron Bennington. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and he said this thing, dude, that I think about all the fucking time because it's. I grew up playing sports, right? And it's a very great metaphor for sports. And I try to keep comedy in the same, like, category. Oh, of absolutely. Thing. So he said, if you're a, an Olympic figure skater, you're like, you wake up every morning when you're fucking 10 years old. And for, you wake up at 4 a.m., you skate for three hours, go to school, get off school, skate for three more hours, go to sleep, wake up at 4 a.m., 
from the time you're 10 years old till you're 18 years old. And then when you're 18 years old, you're still probably not going to get to be an Olympic figure skater. And the chances of being an Olympic figure skater are pretty much the same as the chances of being like a successful a, like comic. A, yeah, like a yeah. mainstream success comic. But comics just smoke weed and play video games all day. So if you treat it a little bit more like being an Olympic figure skater, your chances are way fucking higher. And I'm like, that's to me is like the what, what makes it possible to do this trip is like, I'm going to write a bunch of this off. I'm going to fucking talk to the owner of the club. I'm going to, I mean, we made fucking no money on this trip, right? But trying to network like crazy though. Yeah. Like meet bookers, meet, you know, like get what we can out of it. I tried fucking, uh, some great Texas barbecue also, which is, but also like try to make it something, you know, like, uh, if you could do a podcast on this trip, this means that on fucking next Wednesday, I have, it won't be next Wednesday, but on next Wednesday, I will have a podcast with Greg and then, the next one's taken care of. And all that shit, it's like, yeah. these have been fun, and they're good, and I'm never going to talk to Greg again after yeah, this, this, by the done. way. We're done. It's fucking yeah. so much time together. We're going on the road next month. Don't yeah. worry. You're not <laughs> Therapist John, it's going to be okay. We're going to be I know. Yeah, I was we'll in be... here like, what, do we need to mediate? I'm like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, we're going to fucking set these up in an octagon later, these beds. Here we're going to do. We're going to communicate nonviolently, okay? <laughs> I, need, I need you to talk. We're going to do feeling points. Oh, uh, the feeling that, point? Yeah. Uh, the things that, that are changing your feelings about the moment not the things that you're thinking okay the things that you're feeling <laughs> that's what we need to do but yeah um, to me it's like squeeze every drop out of everything you can right like yeah. when you have the when you have the bandwidth sque- so it's like i fucking uh here's like a thing that i do the v- completely morally pure company amazon i buy a lot of stuff on amazon not because i love amazon so much or because oftentimes their prices are the lowest and i get rewards on my credit card but the receipts there. I don't have to fucking keep receipts all year. At the end of the year, I just go through all the fucking things I bought and I'm like, comedy item, comedy item, comedy item, add it all up, deduct it all, and I come back like, I, I was telling Greg, it was the difference between owing $4,000 and getting $400 back in like deductions like that. Well, that yeah, makes it a lot easier to tell my wife like I'm going on the road yeah. and it's not costing us thousands of dollars every time I go on the road, you know? Yeah, yeah it, Merch was my was my, was my silver lining. It, yes. it was the thing that keeps me on the road, I, and I hated it because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to sell out in any way as a con. I want to be cool, but at the end of the day, bro, you need something with your fucking face on it that people can wear around and be like, "I saw this guy. He was great." I saw. I uh, yeah yeah for sure. I think that merch sucks to sell. It absolutely it's the worst. Sucks yeah. to sell. But I said this to Greg this weekend. If you can't afford to buy, if you can't afford to buy merch, if you can't afford to bring merch, you can't afford to not bring merch. That's the honest to God truth. If you're like, listen, if you were going to places and you were selling two thousand tickets in a weekend, I don't need to sell merch. I don't need that extra thousand dollars or whatever the amount is, right? Bro, Joe Coy and Gabriel Iglesias travel with semis. Dog, sure. sure. Tom Segura, I saw him at the Paramount in Seattle. Yeah, dude, he had like. Three people working like just the shirt line. There yeah. was like a poster line. I tell you what, though, it was those all guys are running shit. their own square readers. You know no, they mean? definitely were. No, you definitely were. It's, it's a little, little less than than folks at yeah. that point. But they I were mean, selling posters for a hundred bucks if they were signed and shit. It was fucking no, crazy. I, I fully, was, I fully here's agree the thing. With here's the thing. Uh, He's paying those people to do that yeah. with three shirts. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. For the whole night. Yeah. He's paying them with three shirts. And then making a shitload off of it himself. 
also. Absolutely. Tons of money, dude. Yeah. Ridiculous. No, I think, I, I mean, right. yeah. So all those things, like not only how to get the most money, but like we were talking about, I have like a hierarchy of stage to how close are we? Yeah, I got to go. And just oh, fuck. Second. Okay. I have a hierarchy of stage time. Pays well. Show is fun. Show's fun. Doesn't pay well. Uh, pays well. Show sucks. And then basically the only thing I will get is easy to get and show sucks. <laughs> if I can get like 15 minutes in a bad room, easy or bad is if it's easy to get, that's fine. Like the stage time. And that's the way I feel is like get as much of that shit as you can. Yeah. yeah. Squeeze every drop, you know? Absolutely. We're going to call this uh, Echoes of Tammy, but Squeeze Echo, Every Drop could have been Echoes good of Tammy. Squeeze Every Drop is exactly what she did out of every man that she was <laughs> I was going to say, man, both of those sound like good porn tape titles. Like, that's, 